Welcome back to Remember Country Music. This week I had my first returning guest in my good pal, Kobe Acuff. We talked all about his newest single, Once in a Lifetime. That is the start of a brand new record, his third record. We learned all about that and so much more. Kobe Acuff is back on the RCM Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. As usual, I'm Kyle Corbus, and uh, today I'm excited. I've, you know, a lot of great things have happened over the last few weeks. Uh, great new friends, great new guests, great new artists, great new songwriters, great new music. Um, but I'm excited because I get my first returning guest to the show and happens to be a guy that I would like to say I'm pretty good friends with. We keep up. We talk all the time. He's rocking a crazy mustache right now. Well, the beard's kind of growing in. But over the past few weeks, <laughs> mustache has been lethal. It's my buddy, Colby Acuff. And hey, how uh, I'm, doing, ex- everybody? I'm excited to have him back. Colby, thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks um, for having me back on, man. Yeah. Of I'm course. I've been this for a long time. Of course. You, I know we always said, we, you always said, hey, I'll come back. And I said, yeah, please do. But like, you never know. Schedules change. Things change. You know, when I talked to you last, I think your numbers were completely different than they are now. And um, it's kind of cool to see, see the growth and, the, and you know, the, you know, how far you've come. It's awesome. And you were, you were a guy that followed me on Instagram and I followed you back and now we're here for round two and I'm really thankful. So, so here <laughs> yeah, we man, I appreciate it. You gave me, I mean, that, that, especially like last time we did this, you know, it was, we just dropped if I were the devil mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, I, I was reaching out to podcasts and you were like one of four people that got back to me. And you were the very first person that got back to me and brought me on. So I really appreciate it, man. It's, Listen, it's all been a part of the last year that's just been wild for us. So we really appreciate isn't it. Isn't it crazy? It's been a year. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. In some ways it feels like it's been 10 years. And in some ways it feels like it was yesterday. I know. You know it, just because of the way that last year was and just so split up for me. It feels like sometimes we were like when we did Texas to Philadelphia, I was in Texas for two years. I was there for a month. So it all just kind of stacked up. But I'm really excited for this next year. Yeah, you should be. And I think it's crazy. Let's talk about what, what's been going on, you know, in the last year for you, you, um, your streaming numbers have gone up like crazy. I think you said you were somewhere in the, in the 200, 300,000 range, uh, this past year. And then at the, at the end of 2021, after you look, you hit 15 million streams, sold yeah. out 31 shows, you hit yeah. like hundreds of thousands of different playlists and you're the biggest name since sliced bread. <laughs> but, but I think that, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but you're doing amazing you're doing amazing you had a really great year and you know listen like you know you're talented and you know the type of type of music that you're putting out may not necessarily be the norm although we are going to talk about that because because things are kind of taking a big circle here but um i think that that you should be so proud of everything that's happened last year and just to be able to sit back and say wow like this is crazy because Listen, there are so many scrolling through my TikTok for you page. Kobe, you were not when I was on TikTok, you weren't on like you didn't post right. really. And then you started posting like probably a year ago. You started posting. and I was like, all right, something's going to catch. One thing catches. And now, you know, I see you on there all the time. You know, people are yeah. asking for music, more music. And, and I know you're a big album guy. So, you know, that's kind of your drive when it comes to putting out music. But you should be really proud of of kind of everything that's happened last year. And um, it's really awesome to see it unfold. So congratulations. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about it today. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I think the a big thing for us has always been 
you know, we, we play by the rules, but we usually go against the grain. And it's been really nice that, you know, at least over the last 12 months or probably now 14 months or so, we've been able to do it our way. Mm-hmm. We haven't really had to conform to do anything um, different. You know, we kept the same sound. In fact, you know, if we even change the sound, it's a very organic change for us. Right. Um, which we'll talk about for this next upcoming album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It means a ton. Of course. So let's, let's kind of uh, dive into this record. We're, 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 obviously, whatever, whatever we want to talk about here, we will. But you are a big album guy. That is one thing that we all know. I mean, that is one reason why I think we're great friends, because we both love albums. It is a thing that I just love. I'm, I, I am not kidding. Like, it's so funny because yeah, no. uh, because I was at um, I was at uh, I talk about her all the time on here. My girlfriend's house was at Kristen's house and we were we were we were hanging out and I was sitting there and she she was she goes to work. And unlike me, I'm a bum recently and I have not been going to work because I'm waiting. Right. But that's besides the point. So I, I she had a record player sitting down. So I put on. Um, what album was that? I think it was pronounced Leonard Skinner. That's what it was. That's exactly what it was. Okay. I threw that on, right? Put, dropped the needle. And I sat there and I was sitting there and I literally was doing nothing. I was just sitting there and she goes, you all right? I was like, yeah, this is basically what I do in my room by myself, like every single day. I just right. sit there and I listen. And, and when you do things like that, you, you realize how, things become a coherent project. And if I keep rambling, I'm going to ramble about this forever, but no, you're, but you're, you are a bigger album guy. You always have been. And I love it. You obviously put out your first record a few years ago. Um, and then about a year ago, you put out um, um, if I were the devil, and then you're going to follow with a new one. And I think right. it's great. And obviously um, there are a couple of questions I want to ask you, obviously regarding this, this new song that's going to drop first, but um, in terms of this album, say whatever you want, but wh- how excited are you for this album? Is it, is it, is there things that, that you did differently this time around? Um, yeah, I, I'm so excited about this album. Similarly, I mean, every project I'm extremely excited about because one thing that we've done very well, I think as a team and as a band and just as a unit, um, we have done a really good job of keeping the same sound, but changing an album. Like every project is going to be different. Mm-hmm because we keep adding new things or the songs change. Like for example, you know, Life of Rolling Stone was kind of the first go, very raw, very acoustic. Only three guys made the album. If I Were the Devil, more mature songwriting, more grass-rooted. Also four guys did that album. Mm -hmm. Then we picked up a full band, went on the road, did, you know, a couple stints uh, across the country kind of stuff. We did Texas and so on. And the full band sound and playing in honky tonks twice a week. And, you know, that thing really started to catch hold of my songwriting. And so this next album has more of a honky tonk feel. It's an album I've always wanted to write. I never really had the band for it. And now I do, and I really want to put this together. So, um, and we also, I wanted to make sure that we went to a different place to record. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Darren at Den Studios is phenomenal. Uh, he produced the album as well this one and but i wanted to go somewhere else just for the feel and to go do something we've never done before um and so we ended up going to sonic ranch in el paso which is where cody jinx and yeah you know midland did all their stuff and they have a great place down there i loved every second of it um you know all it's you know we work eight 12 hour days and next thing you know you got an album so um every guy that worked on the album worked his ass off uh it was it was really fun and so 
the sound that comes out of that Adobe studio too is super raw and very, um, it fits our sound perfectly basically. That's because, awesome. Do you think going yeah. to the Adobe studio, do you think that, that, that kind of gave you some, um, like fresh idea or like, I don't even know if a fresh idea is the way to do it, but like, do you think that, that, that if you recorded elsewhere, it wouldn't have come out the way it came out? Well, it would come out different no matter where you, where you, you know, well, it might've right. come out the same, but you know, at the Sonic Ranch, the creativity is just so, I mean, we're staying in a house that's 200 feet from the studio. So mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about driving every morning. I don't have to worry about breakfast every morning. I don't have to worry about anything and any kind of instrument we wanted to play. Anything is there. Um, and Mario uh, Ramirez, the guy who engineered our album was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, very helpful. I mean, everything was great awesome. that we had there and the sounds are so perfect for this album because we wanted you know some of the songs i would say are more produced than we've ever done before some of these songs are but you know it'd be like a shuffle song so it's still not you know so it's still very um i'd call it almost like 90s country cool feel cool some of them and then some of them feel like they're from 1950s country some of them feel like they're in the outlaw era like the song we have coming out right um but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's an album that I am extremely, extremely excited to share. How many songs do you know? There'll be, there'll be nine songs. Nine songs. Very nice. Do you have a name? Yeah. It's called Honky Tonk Heaven. There you go. I love it. I love it. I feel like I knew that honestly, but, but maybe, maybe I was just. I've been plugging that song a little bit. We've been yeah. playing it around and I've been talking about how that's going to be the album title or album title for a long time. Very nice. Um, so yeah, I'm just happy. To, you know, when it all comes together. An album is a six month process, right. you know, it's eight days of recording or 10 days of recording or whatever. And then you got to go through everything. And by the time you get it back, it's just nice to see it all come together. Yeah. I think it's awesome. And I think it's, it's, it's a, um, you know, it shows you, you kind of ours and ours and shows you our song and shows you your team is too. Like, you know, your band and everyone um, that, that is a catalog that you can show to people and say like, this is who we are. And honestly, I think it's fantastic that, you know, even though, more and more people are learning about your music, which is obviously what you, what you want here and what we all want. Um, you're still kind of staying true to that, that, that outlaw lifestyle. That's what you want to say, or that, that outlaw sound. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're still sticking to that all instrument kind of deal. I mean, obviously there's a little things here and there, but you know, that, you know, that hardcore, you listen to it, this is country music kind of, kind of deal. And I think that that's important. Oh yeah. Sometimes for us, I don't know. I just don't think I could do it any differently because writing songs, you know, we had 16 songs to pick from for the album, which took the best nine. And, you know, the thing about a project or an album or anything, it's, I still write all my own songs and Mm -hmm. we still play all my own songs. And so I don't want to, I don't know. I, I, for me, I want to put something out there that I would listen to that I like. Right. That's why you're an and, artist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but I, I, no, I no, no, I, but like, that's not, that's not diminishing what you said, because there are people who put out music that might not necessarily be their favorite thing, but they know it sells. Right. I'm the only person that, you know, we take a song that we really like as a team and we sell that song. Yeah. We don't take a song that we kind of like and force the sell. Right. No one is selling a song on the Colby Acuff team that doesn't really like it. So, you yeah. know, when we go through, we console basically everyone on okay hey here's the 16 songs what are your favorites what do you right. think you know because at the end of the day everyone you know music we're just selling the music at mm-hmm. the end of the day now i don't want to make it sound completely soulless because what we do i think has a lot of soul 
<laughs> and we, you know, we're still riding on a dream. So that's kind of the reality of it, but we're not going to push a product that we don't absolutely love. The way I see it in this, in this scenario is this, is that someone said this along the lines, or there's probably hundreds of people who said this, but I, but I believe this, you're not, you're never going to get up there and put out a song that you don't mind getting up there and playing for the next 10 years. Right. You wouldn't oh, yeah. do that. That's just who you are. You wouldn't do that. There are people who would do that, but um, that is hundred percent, not you. Like you will absolutely get up there and play whatever song you want for the next 10 years, because you love it. You wouldn't have put it out unless you thought. Now, obviously there are things that you grow and you change and sounds change a little bit. And, you know, maybe your voice gets stronger or maybe your sound tweaks a little bit different. Cause you have a different steel player or whatever. I don't know. Right. But, or a different producer, whatever. But in terms of writing, you know, you're not going to put out a song that you're like, wow, this, like, I don't like this song. You know what I mean? Right. And my goal too, you know, is to, I want every album to be a little different mm-hmm. and, you know, just by the, I don't know. I've been very fortunate in the last three years that I've been writing a lot and, you know, I'm still writing a lot right now. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's not a promise, but I hope we can do four albums in four years. We've done three albums in three years. That would be cool. I would love that. <laughs> I'm attempting to do an album a year because at this point, you know, I mean, why not? It, it, we can't be complacent. We have to keep going. Yeah. So no matter how good of a year we have, you know, if you take one step forward, you need to look 10 steps ahead. Yep. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's kind of where we are, but I want every album to sound a little different because I think it's extremely pertinent to the character of who you are in your career. Mm-hmm. You know, if I plan to do this for a long time, which I do, I don't want to look back on my, all my albums and think, holy shit, every single album sounds exactly the same. Right. I want there to be extreme standouts in every album to say, oh yeah, this was different and this was really cool. Like, yeah. you know, keep going. So let me ask that. you then. So, so you take your first record and you take your second record, right? And I'm just going to do this because I've obviously listened to them both all the way through. And I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who have done the same. Where, where do you see the difference there? The overall like producing on If I Were the Devil just has more in it. And I think If I Were the Devil has a lot more grassroots to it right. than Life of Rolling Stone. I think Life of Rolling Stone will probably be the rawest thing I ever release unless I do an acoustic album, which mm-hmm. I'm also thinking about maybe doing. But um, I think the biggest difference, not so much in the sounds and the songs, but the maturity between Life of Rolling Stone and If I Were the Devil. I think If I Were the Devil was like, I showed up ready to go. Like I, you know, those songs were put together I knew exactly what I wanted. I think Life of Rolling Stone was right when we started. It was like, I decided that we were going to do this. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a professional musician. Two months later, we were recording the album. So that album is apprehensive and naive versus If I Were the Devil is like confident and mature. Yep. Yeah. I think that, that, uh, that that's a pretty good uh, assumption there. I think I would probably say the same thing because there is difference, right? Like you, you listen, because like, you know, um, when we when we first talked, I don't even, now I'm thinking about it. Was it even totally out yet when we first talked? I don't know. I'm not sure. It dropped in February. It may, it may have been a little bit before it came out because I remember going off of a couple of songs and then us talking about it. But what I'm, but what I'm getting at is that um, like, I remember listening to it and it just seemed like you said, it just seemed a little bit more of a mature project and you kind of seem like you're getting your footing a little bit more. Um, Right. You know, and then on this third one, you're going to get your footing just a little bit more. I mean, there's not, there's the, you know what I mean? And, and, oh, yeah. and I think that, that 
that as you get older and as you go through more life experiences, you're going to have different songs. You're going to be writing about different things, you know? I mean, I, and I think that that's going to show also <laughs> records as well. And I think the third album has a lot more attitude. Like this album that we're going to be coming out with is like, um, I think even on If I Were the Devil, it is a lot more mature, but there's definitely parts where I am, I'm not pulling punches on it, but I'm, you know, like Dear Country Music on If I Were the Devil. It's one of my favorites. It's one of those songs. Thanks, man. But it's one of those songs where, you know, I get a lot of questions about it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in some form or another, you know, when writing the song, I might have been, I might have written something and been like, mm, I can't say that. Or I shouldn't say that because it'll it'll come back and bite me in the ass because it'll it'll hurt someone in the industry or it'll offend this and I maybe pulled a few punches that were probably good to pull and I think it was the right move I wouldn't change how I wrote that song mm-hmm. but the third album I don't pull any punches okay. <laughs> like it's very much so like we are here this is what we're doing and you know like I have this song on the album called Nothing to Lose and it's about you know, it's basically a more angsty version of Dear Country Music, kind of the part cool. two of that, where a year later, this is how I feel now. Okay, so that's a good segue here, right? Because I think that that's really cool. And I also think that I've noticed, whether you agree or not, I think that, and please feel free to disagree here. But if you, I think that I've been noticing, I saw a tweet, someone said something, but I've been noticing that this whole idea of where we think the genre is going over the last year and a half, two years or so. I mean, obviously it's been longer, but I feel like we've had these conversations more and more over the last two years about where we think it's going, where we think writing is going and all these things. I feel like it's kind of coming back around just a little bit. Like yeah. I listened to the oh, yeah. Muscadine Bloodline record, right? And like, mm-hmm. that's countries. That's, you know, oh, yeah. me, I love me, that's Muscadine country. Bloodline. I think that that's great. So I think yeah. that there are people like that that are kind of tired and I'm not saying it's all bad. I know we've said that before, but they're kind of tired and they just want some music that they can relate to, but is also kind of like what you're doing. So I think that it's kind of coming around and that the more people want it to sound a certain way and it's happening because people are seeing people like you, like you're a full-time musician, right? You're independent. You're independent. Yeah. You're a full-time musician. Oh, yeah. And you do it for a living, right? You put mm-hmm. out two albums. You're about to put out a third. You go on, you go play shows all the time. You even go on tours, right? Like people are seeing that you can do it your way. You don't have to do it someone else's way and you can still succeed. Yeah. It reminds me a lot. I mean, a lot right now is adjacent to the outlaw era. Mm-hmm. Um, and more so even now, like I know, I mean, you got your Sturgill Simpsons and yeah. you got your Cody Jinx and all these guys who made outlaw really, really cool again. Mm-hmm. Not that it ever wasn't cool, but yeah. they just made it more obtainable. Right. And it kind of opened a lot of doors for artists, even like myself. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Childers as well opened up, you know, that kind of door. Um, but now, more than even when Jinx and Sergil started, is really that adjacent to the outlaw era. Because a guy like me right now is like, I'm having, people love my sound, let's say. And then they're like, oh, he's red dirt. He's outlaw. He's country. I don't know what the genre is. And then they find out I'm from Idaho and their <laughs> brain just explodes because they're like, he's not from Appalachia. He's not from Texas. He doesn't even live in Nashville. Like what is happening? So I always say the joke where it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm too Idaho for Texas. I'm too Texas for Appalachia and I'm too Appalachia for Nashville. So I guess I'm just an Idaho artist. Um, <laughs> and you know, the, the classic deal is, uh, you know, Waylon Jennings said 
one time. He said, when you start off, don't go to Nashville and knock on doors because all those doors are closed. Go where people like you and make a ton of noise. And eventually a door will open and someone will be there listening. That's good. That's really good. It's great on paper and it's a great analogy. I don't know if it'll work or not, but that's kind of what our plan is. You know, yeah. I mean, we're, we'll travel as much as we need to. And, you know, at this point, we're just having a ton of fun with it. It's no longer like this stressful thing where it's uh, I don't know what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. No, now it's like we have a very clear course on what we are, you know, right. what we want to do. And just I think that's why this year will just be very fun. That's important. That's important. The, the, the path to uh to however you measure success once you see it it just becomes more clear and you allow yourself to kind of hit a head on without really any hesitation and i think that that, that's kind of always a great feeling with the best analogy that i or the best uh, example that i thought when you were saying all that was cody johnson i always use this example because cody johnson went to texas right or was in texas already didn't go to texas but he was in texas right and was like the biggest thing in texas and i've been listening to cody johnson for years right and cody johnson has been a huge independent artist for years now, obviously right. you know, he's gone on and, and, you know, done the, done the thing, but it took him so long to become that signed, you know, worldwide or, you know, oh, yeah. nationwide yeah, artist. It, it, and, and now people are saying, you know, Cody Johnson, you know, breakthrough artist of the year, all is BS. And I'm just sitting here like, my God, this is the problem. Like, this is where oh, you're yeah. missing. They, they hold the gate, you yeah. know, and it's not so much that people are tired of the songs it's yeah. people are tired or he- of tired people are tired of hearing the same song yeah every time this is the problem it's not so much that the writing is bad or that the songs are bad or that it's like blah 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 but if you play anything a thousand times in a row on a radio and it's not super you know it's not going to reach out and touch people as much maybe it's not mm-hmm. going to be as it's not going to hold its value right. as long Right. And then they also, you know, they kind of hold, they kind of put up a gate for anyone that's coming in. Like the, yeah. the barrier to entry is super, super steep. Um, and so, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, it seems like 99% of the time, you know, everyone just likes to bitch about the industry, which is fair. But I also can't take anything away from it. You know, right. I mean, like at this yeah. point, we've been extremely blessed and extremely grateful 100%. for everything that the fans and the industry, for that matter, has, you know, presented to us. So. Right. And I think at the end of the day, as long as you, and I say this week in and week out, because I truly do believe this, I'll tell us as someone who's not even music, as long as you do it your way and you're happy with doing it your way, like you said, you're having fun. That's really what matters, right? Like, you know, that's, that's the root of this is, is that you're enjoying what you're doing and that's where the best songs come out. You know, you're not, you know, as long as you, you're that kid living that dream, right? You know, like, like you said, you know, you're, 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 you're riding the wave per se. And, and, and as long as you're having fun and kind of doing it the way you want to do it. I don't see anything wrong with that. And I also only really see success at the end of the day. And obviously that, that is however you met, how one measures success is obviously very different. But um, if I know you, like I think I do, I think you're, you know, considering yourself successful and you can only become more and more successful. So, Oh yeah, no, I mean, there's no doubt that, I mean, if we had, you know, if you make a penny, you're successful. That's the reality. Every penny is a piece of success. So, I mean, but also, you know, I also, I, I think I hold, I hold extremely high expectations. Right. And you and should, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. We have to, because everything is stacked against us so heavily. Um, you know, the good news is at least like up here, like, you know, we kind of, we have a good market up here. We yeah. can kind of, you know, in Idaho, we do whatever kind of we want, but yeah. 
you know, it's going out everywhere else. You know, one one piece of success is ten more problems. Yeah. So unless you know, I, you're right, I think you're hundred percent right. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, in the, I, I think that what I was, you know, what I'm getting at, what I think you're getting at too, is like, is, uh, you, everyone measures success in a different way and kind of, and as long as you think that as long as I, okay. So I sit here and say this, right. I sit here and say, you say, Hey Kyle, I feel like you've been successful. I've done this, that, and the other thing, blah, 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 blah. And I sit here and I say, I haven't made a dime, but I'd also consider myself successful because I've made a very, very minuscule, small name to myself because I know you, you know me, and we are knowing oh, yeah. each other. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. Yeah. So for me, that's success. For you, that may or may not be success. I mean, it, of course it is. Growth. Right. Growth over money. Always. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Where, that's where we're getting at. Cause I'm broke. Take, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, take the growth. The money will come. That's right. I mean, I think, yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing, you know, for me, I get, I'm not a very patient person. And so I get all like, I get all razzled sometimes because I feel like we are doing, I mean, you work really hard. And then, you know, when you're you're trying to be patient, 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 patient. And then I call someone else, a good friend of mine who's been in the industry for a long time or something. They're like, dude, like I waited 14 years for this song to finally hit blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh God. Okay. Yeah. Like two years is not a long time when you think about how long I'm going to be doing this. Exactly. That we've already kind of, I agree. We've already hit the hardest thing we needed to do kind of. So just ride the train. A lot of hard things now. Yeah. Yeah. More like we got to hold the line. Yeah. There you go. Hold the line, keep growth, do exactly what we're doing. Just keep going. We can just keep that and we'll be fine. The one thing my grandma always says Shout out, grandma. Slow growth growth is better than no growth at all. So you're successful even if it's moving slow. I think slow growth is better than overnight growth. There you go. I agree. It allows you to it allows you to marinate a little bit, figure it out, you know, maybe make a couple of mistakes here and there and then take it. We've had two spells of overnight growth and it's really hard. You not like it? Going from no. Like slow growth is great. I mean, and slow growth talking about you know the difference between like let's say you grow 10 percent a month that's great that's like pretty much all you need mm-hmm. we've had a couple growths where you know like right when uh we had a couple ones like whiskey riff picked us up and grady smith picked us up mm-hmm. and when that happened it was explosive yeah. and it was so much to handle at once i mean obviously i was extremely excited about it yeah. i'm not gonna say that i you know it's amazing and you it's, should be <laughs> Well, it's probably the best, you know, I mean, for us, that's two big stamps of approval right there. And yeah. that's for an independent scene. That's huge. Yeah. And um, kind of to you need. And yeah. it changed our, I mean, it changed my career overnight, basically. And it was great. But then we had to figure out how we could handle the growth. <laughs> like, holy shit. This is a lot. You know, we got a small team. Um, and it was great. You know, it was really good, but we figured that out. We, you know, right. basically got it back to where we could handle it and just got to keep going from there. Because your next move after that is so important. That's where all eyes right. are on you. And it's like, are right. you going to, are you going to break down through that? Or are you going to break through and, and figure out what your next move is? Right. And that, and it's, that's like, why it's, so important. it's like, if you, something good happens in this industry, you have like one second to be excited about it. hundred percent. And then, then you have the rest of the time to figure out, okay, now what? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
I mean, you could do that in terms of anything. I mean, like I've had a couple of exciting moments personally, but then right. it's like, okay, it's done. Time to move on. Like, it's cool. I'll talk about it if someone wants to talk about it, but it's time to move on. Right. Right. Um, that's the point. That's why I always say, like, I love the one thing I love about like, so for people who are listening here and then who don't know this, like I work, I've always worked in, in the media for the most part. I mean, once I went to college, it's kind of all I ever did. But the thing about the media, whether it be radio or television or whatever, it's very high, high pressured, fast paced. That's obviously what it is because that's just how the world runs. Right. But the one thing I always said, and, and I, I, I have spent some time in radio, right? And I made a mistake once and I made a big mistake that in my head was huge, but obviously to the next person, it probably wasn't as big. But someone said once, they said, you know what the greatest thing about this is, is that you can make a mistake now and then have in five minutes or in an hour, have a next, you're like, you're able to fix that mistake. So in the music oh, industry, yeah. the crazy thing is like, you have one minute to enjoy it. It's time to move on. And it's the same deal across most media things because right. you have one minute to enjoy it. And then, you know, five, 10 minutes later, the next big thing can happen. It's time to go. So, right. Or yeah. you could have five things happen in one day and then you're just like, okay. <laughs> Sensory <laughs> overload. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's been, then that's, that's not, I think, and that's the workload, it seems to me. Yeah. Most days, some weeks it feels like I have nothing. Yeah. Some weeks I, I work 13 hour days for seven days. So, some days you're riding jet skis over on uh, Coeur d'Alene Lake or whatever the hell it's called yeah. that, right? And then some I don't think I got on the lake once last summer. No way. <laughs> I don't oh, think so. man. Maybe twice. For I, anyone who, I, who doesn't know, Colby lives in like the coolest town that I know. He's, it he, is pretty dope. He's got, he, he lives in the greatest full. place. It's full. <laughs> it's full. You know, yeah, we talk, we've talked about the tourist part. It's pretty full. No, it's cool. It's, it's cool. cool. It, it's dope. I'm super blessed to live here as well. That's been the hardest thing, too, is. Um, I've loved everywhere I've gone, but it's, right. I love where I live. I mean, I'm 20 minutes from basically nothing but no service, trees, rivers, national forests. Did you guys know that Colby took a jet ski to school when he was in high school? I know, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the lake, yeah, the school's in the middle of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> he got on his sea dew and, and kicked it in reverse all the way to the school. His parking spot was a buoy that he that he tied the jet ski. Yeah, on. that's what everyone's thinking stuff. about, Coraline. Everyone <laughs> in Idaho, if you're from Idaho and you heard that joke, you laughed. You laughed big time. Everyone <laughs> in Idaho does not like Coraline very much. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Where's the where's the uh, your your favorite place that you've played this summer or you know over the fall or wherever? Mm. There's a couple cool ones. Uh, I really enjoyed playing Magnolia Motor Lounge in Fort Worth, Texas. That's cool. Um, I got to do a songwriter set with Charlie Stout at Cotton Fest. Charlie, I know Charlie. Which was really, really cool. Charlie's um, Prince hanging in my room. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Charlie. He's, yeah, he's the man. Badass. Um, I got to, and then I got to open for Jake Owen at a festival up here in Idaho, which was really cool. So I would, I mean, you know, it's hard. When people ask me, what's your favorite show you've ever played? I always say I haven't played it yet. Um, That's a great response. That is a great yeah, response. And it's not that I haven't liked any show I've played. I love every show I've played. For different it's reasons. Just, right. And it's it's always, uh, I can definitely tell you some of the shittiest shows I've ever played. <laughs> you know, I mean, those are in the, earlier in the career for sure. And they still happen, you know, but those are abundant. <laughs> um, but every show, I mean, over the last year, the shows have just been phenomenal. And I have to say, I mean, every artist says this, but our fan base is, I love our fan base. They're just hardworking people and they love 
to get rowdy and yeah. they show up and support. I was shocked. Like when we came out on stage for Jake Owen, um, just how many people were wearing my merch and how yeah. many people actually showed up to see us open for Jake Owen. You know, it was extremely, it was cool. It was an awesome moment in the career. So that's awesome. Dude, that was, when I saw that, I was so excited. I was like, this, see, this is why you do these things. And it's so cool. Like, that's not why I do this, right? Like I do, like, obviously I do this for, for connection purposes and, and right. you know, making a friend and, and, you know, having that conversation that I'm looking to have. And obviously the music is, is a big part of it too, but like getting to see success when it's happening as I'm, you know, sitting here from the outside is so freaking awesome. Like it is so oh, yeah. cool. Right. Like, like you, you, like the fact that I on a personal level know you pretty well and you open for Jake Ellen, that's sick. That's sick. Right. Cause one well, day you're going to headline your own show and you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you know, have all this screaming girls throwing their bras at you and like, you know, do all that stuff. And I'm going to be sitting there on the side stage being like, I remember when. I well, and I think it's it's funny because no one, you know, all these stories about these famous artists, they're not, they're super generic stories. Like, oh, well, then he said, oh, yeah, let's be country singers. And then we were. It's like, that's usually these like success stories. And it's the reason why they're crazy is because there's a filter. You see it every time you play a show. I personally, I'm very small head. I have a red beard. I'm kind of pudgy and I got these really long legs. Dude, aren't you like, you're over dude. six foot. You're tall. Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like six three with my boots on. Yeah. But I'm kind of a funny looking dude, but like you get <laughs> on stage and there's like this filter that, you know, the band all of a sudden has, um, it's funny. It's like, you know, we can do no wrong. Yeah. You know, it's this really strange phenomenon that happens to people. And we do that also with famous artists when we talk about their origin story. Right. And the reality of it is, is people don't know that they're making history while it's being made. Right. And that, you know, my career could end tomorrow, whatever, but, you know, I have the same origin story as probably, you know, thousands and thousands of artists out there. Mm -hmm. But if I were to make it, let's say, and I'm playing arenas or whatever, my origin story would sound super cool. Yeah, because it's like he was normal and then he wasn't. And it's like <laughs> that's that's the best one. This is how these these things go. And 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 us being music fans, we obviously know this. But let's say let's just pick a big name in country music right now. We'll use Riley Green. Okay. Okay. Riley Green, great songwriter, obviously great great artist. But and I'm this is not a quote from Riley Green. I'm just using this as an example. Yeah, man. Like I I left college. You know, I was an athlete, and then uh, I was pretty good at this music thing, and then. Uh, one day I just started playing bars and honky tonks and that was it. I rode the right. wave. And like, it's just, exactly. He makes and it seem like in six months same... he was the star. <laughs> right. And it's not, and that's, you know, it, man, it takes, it is a hard life. Yeah. It, it, it really is, you know, yeah. and we've just touched, we've only just graced how much traveling I want to do. Yeah. And it's a lot, you know, hey. I mean, it, but that's the other thing, man. It's, I could probably not travel the country because it's a huge pain in my ass Yeah, because <laughs> I don't have a booking deal. I book all my own shows still. I don't have a manager. Like we're just kind of doing our own thing. Right. By that being said, if there's a booking agency or a management company <laughs> listening to this, it's not that I'm not open to it. <laughs> no one's really bit. Um, so we're just booking all of our own stuff right now. And to get into some of these places without a booking deal is extremely challenging. You know, the, that yeah. gate is also kept pretty tight. Um, but I'm so hopelessly addicted to playing live music, yeah. you know, it's like writing and they're all different things. And I love all of them. I love every single piece of it. And I think you just keep, you know, I don't know. It's not, I that we're, yeah, I mean, you're just, 
you just keep doing every single piece that you really like and you just get really fine-tuned and good at it and that you know i'm just shocked though man i mean we played uh this friday kind of where it all started in college at least uh like where we were playing this little coffee house like a coffee house serves beer mm -hmm. i started playing there by myself my favorite types of my... places you never have to leave <laughs> <laughs> and then my my bass player kind of started playing with me and we started debuting some like songs and that's where we decided to you know do an album mm -hmm. and it's kind of where everything started so like most all the songs that i've ever written that have been released have been debuted at this place yeah but then like last summer it got crazy and we just kind of didn't play there that much um we had to start playing some bigger venues but we went back there friday night and the show started at 7 30 I got there at seven and it was completely packed. The place probably holds a hundred people and we probably had, well, the entire night in and out, probably 300, 350 That's people wild. coming through there. Oh my God. And it was completely packed. You could not, people were just standing outside and like we had this, we weren't even set up yet. Wow. Like we had to get the drum set up. We had, thank God we had the mains up and everything, yeah. wow. but we had to get the drum set up, get everyone plugged in. And there was, you know, a hundred, 150 people packed in there at all times, all the way to the back. And who would have thought that's, that's the stuff. Oh yeah. And that's why I said it happened to the show. I'm like, you know, like this, like I played when I see you again. I'm like, you know, this song, I wrote this song because it was my very first show coming back from like COVID and I played it at this pub. And I played it for three people Wow! and I was by myself. Wow. And now it's just like everyone's singing along and it's just like, holy shit. It's just, Dude, totally I'm so proud of you. That's wild. I'm so proud of you. It's so crazy. It takes a special kind of person and um, you know, you're doing the thing and I, and I love to see it. I love to see it. Let's uh, let's talk about this new song because it's great. Yeah. So it's called once in a lifetime. Um, it is it is uh i'm gonna assume the jump start to this new record and um, it is it is kind of the uh you know the the gateway into it um it's country as all hell and it's fantastic talk about it um why did you want this to kind of be your, your start and i like we said colby's a big album guy the singles don't he colby is not the kind of guy to pump out five singles seven singles and then give you two more songs off record that's just right. not who he is. And that's totally it's okay. Not. I love we it. are going to do it a little differently though this year. And I'll tell you why. So okay. to start off with, we are going to drop this song and one more to radio. Cool. Wow. So we will have some radio this year um, as far as that goes. And so for the radio campaign. What song is it? What's the second oh, well, song? We're going to drop once in a lifetime to radio. Okay. And then that's a 12 week campaign. Okay. We'll drop one more single in between. So we'll drop one more to like Spotify. Okay. And then we will drop, we'll do another radio campaign uh, okay. early summer for cool. another song. And then we'll drop the album. So the, you know, the album looking for June, probably. Cool. Very but cool. there will be three singles, which is, I've never done this before. You've never but, done that before. I think it's uh, so weird when I see you release a single. I know. And, it, but this is just because, I don't know. I mean, this is, I have a, we, you know, the team has grown. We have added this radio thing and I don't know shit about radio. So I'm going to listen to the lovely radio people and follow, <laughs> heed their advice. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, I'm going to give you seven songs or six songs after that in an right. album and they'll all be in the same album, but. And that's pretty normal. That's, that's a pretty normal thing to do. I mean, I think that, that that's what a lot of people do. So I think that's awesome. Um, but I love this song. What is that? Can I ask you a question before we keep going about this song? I just want you, I want you to talk yeah. about this song because I love it. Yeah, I yeah, need yeah, to yeah. know this answer. I, I need to know this answer um, because if I don't, I'm just going to be thinking about it. Is Bad Day to Be a Beer going to be on this next record? Yes. Thank the Lord. 
I'm dying a happy man. I love that song yeah. too. It's yeah, it, it'll be on this album. It will be our second radio single. It'll Come drop on. You know I love this song. I love I have, this yeah, song. Yeah, no, it's highly, re- it's highly requested. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, and I know that Colby's a Miller Lite guy too. So when, when, he's, when he's singing the song in his little studio, you see the top of a Miller Lite can and he gets, gets me excited. Anyway, let's talk about Once in a Lifetime because I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I said, Better to Be a Beer will come out. It'll be on this album. Uh, but it's a summer song. I want it to come out in May. So yep. we'll, we'll do the radio campaign in May and drop it in May as well. Oh, yeah. uh, but Once in a Lifetime, this song, I'm, this song was one that I, so every year I attach myself really hard to an artist. Um, it just happens that way. I don't mean to do it, right. you know, but like every year it's kind of different. This last year, I really, really was diving into Waylon. Cool. Tough. I was listening to Waylon a lot. We started covering a lot more Waylon and um, I just felt we were living more of that. You know, I, I really could like, I just felt like we were always fighting this uphill battle, which Waylon really kind of made that hill for yeah. people to walk on um, like myself. So um, really attached to him. And I just really wanted that, you know, with the Wurlitzer piano and the guitar and it's not a fiddle steel kind of country sound. It's mm-hmm. like this really cool seventies outlaw sound. Yeah. um and that's so that's why i wrote once in a lifetime and once in a lifetime is about it's about the lifestyle yeah it's about hey you think it's so much fun and so cool this is what it's like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like so sitting around hoping for something to happen and you still got to go play you got you know three dollars left from the pull tabs you played last night yeah i don't know I, i just i love this song it's my favorite song on the album i love it and i i also love it because excuse my, my music. Um, I guess sometimes I mix up the terminology just cause I'm not that smart, but, um, in terms of what I love about it is I love how you kind of change that bridge up every couple of yeah. verses. That's the best part. Yeah. That is the best part. The, the, yeah. um, like I think Merle would have done it that way, right? Like that's yeah. awesome. I think that's so cool because, cause then that as, as a person who's, who, as a person who might be listening to you for the first time and listen to this song right now, or maybe pause this and went to listen to it and then came back. Um, you know exactly who Colby Acuff is by listening to, for the most part. And it's like the most simple thing. And it's not even about him, but you know right. exactly who he is by listening to those little pre-chorus bridge deals. True. <laughs> and I think, you know, the other thing about this song that's really funny is the last verse is actually about a real dream that I had Really, where I had woke up and, it's like all these country music heroes of mine are in the room. And it was after a really stressful day at work. I think we just had a bunch of shit fall through. I'm like asking them all these questions, like, how do I do this? What do I do? And they just were just standing there and not saying anything. And then Waylon said something to the effect while they were leaving, like, well, we all had to do it this way. So, you know, good luck. Yeah. And that's, you know, in the third verse, that's exactly what I say. I say, you know, on his way out, Waylon said, Haas, we all had to do it this way. And it was weird because it's my subconscious just telling me like, it's okay. Like, it's not always going to go your way, but you follow these guys. These guys are your heroes. This is what they did. You know their life story or at least how it's been told in Fable. And you're doing that. Yeah, You are doing that. And so, you know, it's a flip of a coin, but I work for them. So hopefully it works for me. Yeah. See, this is why... I love getting to listen to your music and, and get to talk to you every so often because you're just a music fan and like it shows it in the in the oh, in the in the songs and it, it shows it in this song in particular because you know not everyone's out there listening to Willie and Whalen and you know and 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 
you know, that's just not all the time you get people listening to that stuff. And I love it. And, and you obviously love it too. And you've, you've always loved it. That, that, that is uh, very apparent. Well, and I love authenticity. Like, I don't yeah. think I look for it in songs and movies in, I mean, so even I. commercials, yeah, like whatever it is, things that are authentic hold so much more weight. And there's so many artists out there right now that I think are a hundred percent authentic. But like, you know I who's faking it too. Oh yeah. I mean, but you know, even like me, I mean, I, I strive to be a hundred percent authentic, but I don't think I'm not, I'm not like a Vincent Neil Emerson. Fair. Where like a Vincent Neil Emerson is so authentic and so raw and so, I mean, he's one of my favorites right now. He's just yeah. unbelievably authentic. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I mean, I put myself at a 98% authentic, you know, but it's like just so raw. Yeah, I think that that's important. And honestly, dude, I think that the way I see it too is like, I think at every point in someone's life, like I would imagine that when you were 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you probably were not living your 100% authentic self. And I think that you hit a certain point in life where you realize kind of who you are and what you want and, you know, how you want to uphold yourself, whether you're playing music or not. You know, like I had that realization like a few years back where I, where I said, you know, I'm not really living exactly who I want to be. I'm more living who I think people want me to be. So why not change that to who I want to be? So I think that, that, oh, yeah. that a lot of people kind of go through that. It's kind of cool to get you get, get to see it through your songs. And obviously I don't, this is more of my outlook to outlet to do that, but your, yours is, yours is, is more song heavy. And I think that that's awesome. Uh, especially for people, like I said, who may be listening to you for the first time or saying like, who is this guy? Like who, who am I about to become a fan of? And right. just listen. To- I think going back to that too, I think there's a lot of people in the world who have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and this is not to get too deep, but and I think I've brought this up before already today, but like, I think as, as soon as you feel like you're outside the fishbowl looking in, you know, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I think if you, if you hear that analogy and you don't get it, then you don't know who you really are. But then maybe think, you will. Right. No, I mean, there's always an opportunity. There's no, I mean, you could, the second before you die, you could figure it out. But I just think that has been a huge gift that I gave to myself, which was turn down things that you think are opportunities for things that you know are opportunities, even if society says that they're not. I agree. You know, I, I think it's like if everything is telling you to go this way, but your parents and society is telling you to go this way, why why would you go this way? Yeah, yeah. Why would I you agree. go that way? I agree. Like, I don't know. But that's it's like what Yogi way. Barry says: when you see a fork in the road, take it. Just, just go. yeah, just, just go, go for a little bit. Do what you want to do. See what happens. See, I also hit the analogy that you can't go back. Well, that's true too. That's true too. Like I, I think you you everyone's like I think you're way more pigeon held in taking something that is like societal versus if you go this way you can always come back that's right you know if you do something for a 401k and a salary not that it's a bad thing i'm not you know i'm not saying that because a lot of people great friends of mine you know that's what they do and they love their job and that is their thing yeah but for me it wasn't and if i were to do that it'd be harder to leave than if i were like oh you know let's not start it now (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you can always do it later down the line, but why don't you give give shot of what you want to give shot to before you go? And I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to that, but I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, for me personally, that's about how it was. Right, I agree, dude. Thank you so much for coming to hang out back with me. I mean, I, I always thought that maybe I was a little bit of a 
stick in the mud, but apparently I'm not because you're back. So, so I, I appreciate <laughs> no, dude, it. I love this show. I love this show and I love being back on, man. I, I appreciate it, Colby, dude. The song is fantastic. I am so excited to see in the next year, to see where we're at the next year after that, right? It's been, it's right, been, it's no, been a year. I'm excited. It's to the amazing. moon, hopefully, you know. To the moon. To the moon. I'm super excited. <laughs> I, I am. I am. This new song's fantastic. I'm ready for this record. I am ready for Bad Day to be a beer because it's yeah. amazing. You're not alone. I'm. I'm purposely holding out a little bit because I just want to build a little bit more demand. When we start marketing for that, though, it's going to be pretty hot. I'm awesome. Pretty awesome. Everybody, go listen to Once in a Lifetime. It's out now wherever you stream music. Uh, go type in Colby Acuff, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you want. Um, Go stream it, go share it with your friends. Go share it with the random person walking the dog down the street, like I say, week in and week out. Um, you're going to love it. It's, it. It is country as all hell, and uh, it's fantastic. You can go follow Colby on Instagram uh, at Colby underscore Acuff um, and stream all the rest of his music and take a, uh, keep a lookout for that new record that's coming out um, in due time, as well as some new singles here. And um, you're going to love it. Everybody. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode, and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to it, it's there. Go stream it. Um, and, you know, tell your friend, like I always say. <laughs> that was another episode of the RCM Podcast. I'm Kyle. That's Kobe. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.